Hey, it's just Blaine and Bex here with the best podcast in Utah. That's right. It's Radio Daybreak, a show highlighting the people, businesses, and events that make Daybreak, Salt Lake City, and Utah one of the most majestic places around. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and never miss an episode of the best podcast in Utah, Radio Daybreak. The trumpets have sounded and the end is nigh, but have no fear. Your prophet is here. I'm the Fresh King Benjamin, host of Vibing the Apocalypse, a podcast that uses comedy to bring injustices that I went through to light. I'm an escapee from a Mormon polygamous compound in Wyoming. I was taught that the world was a wicked, wicked place. But now that I've escaped, I want you to show me all the wicked things and help me catch up on what I missed out on. Check out Vibing the Apocalypse right here on Ride the Wave Media. The following presentation is a production of Ride the Wave Media. Hello, welcome to episode two of Practically Magic. I am Courtney Pearl, pagan witch, card reader, healer, spiritualist, Celtic priestess, teacher, artist, and mystic mythical seeker. Here on this podcast, we are going to discover the mysteries of the universe and use them to create the life you seek. On this episode, we are diving in more into the words aspect of creating spells. So in the last episode, we talked about how in order to create a spell, you need the words, the will, and the way. So I'm going to dive a little deeper into that, discuss the information you need to know to create words for your spells. But first, we're going to start by pulling a card as a divination practitioner. I like to start out my day pulling a card. I like to end my day pulling a card. So why wouldn't I start a podcast pulling a card? Today I am going to be using the magic, magical Nordic tarot. I just got this deck, but I have been playing with it when I work on Wednesdays at Synchronicities. I play with their um, store copy all the time. So I decided to go ahead and order my own. And ah, I just got it. I'm so excited. I love this deck. The artwork is whimsical and fun. And I'm pulling a card today for all of you who are listening, no matter when you are listening, no matter if this is in the future, I'm going to trust that this card will be the perfect thing for us to hear for this episode and for you who are listening right now. So that's another magical thing we get to experience. And I have pulled the Six of Pentacles for this deck. And this deck has the word gifts that goes along with that. The way I interpret this to mean is that we need to be extremely mindful about the gifts that are being received today. That gifts can come in a lot of unexpected places and a lot of unexpected ways. But the phrase do not look a gift horse in the mouth comes to mind, which means whatever the gift is and whatever form it comes in, even if it's unexpected or seemingly unnecessary, we're going to look at each gift that we receive with gratitude and see it as just a symbol of the abundance of things that are coming to us. It's a gift from a person, a show of love, it's a gift from the universe. It's an invitation to gratitude. And so with that, we're going to move into our episode. We're going to talk about 
words. So I'm going to start a little bit with a story time. I like to bring in myth and legend and folklore into some of the things that we talk about to help the understanding of the topic. And the one that comes to mind for me today is the story of the monkey's paw by W.W. Jacobs. And I'm not going to go into the retelling of this story, but if you're unfamiliar with it, there have been reiterations and interpretations of this story a hundred times over. I think The Simpsons did an episode of The Monkey's Paw. And basically, it's the general idea of wishes being granted. And in the story of The Monkey's Paw, this family receives a a monkey's paw, I think from a marketplace or something, and then they get to make wishes on it. But the it is always a cautionary tale because they're being asked to word their wishes very carefully because they might say something like, I wish I was two inches taller. And then when the wish is granted, their head grows too big for their body and they're two inches taller, but it's because they have a massive head. And they're like, no, this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I asked for. You weren't specific, right? You just said two inches taller. You didn't say how. And so you've seen this in movies and TV shows with genies granting wishes and it's evil. And they're like, that's not what I meant. And But the reason that story comes to mind today is because we do need to be extremely careful about language and how we use it to ask for what we want and when creating spells. And I deem language to be incredibly important in my life. Ever since I got back from England, when I was there in August, I spent a day in Wales and I absolutely fell in love with Wales. I can't even explain it. It's something just in my DNA. I just wanted to connect with the landscape. As a pagan, that's really magical for me, is just connecting with the land. This was the land of my ancestors. This is a mythical place full of history and just beautiful to boot. It's a gorgeous place. So when I got back from that, I started learning Welsh on Duolingo, started learning the language. And you might ask why. (laughs) You would be right to ask that question. I ask myself every day, why is it that I am learning Welsh? It's not like I meet a lot of people in my everyday life here in Utah that speak Welsh. And it's not like I have any direct plans to go back to Wales. And even if I did, which I do plan to someday, but even if I did, they mostly speak English there. I would get along just fine not knowing the language. But when I learned that it's an old Brythonic language that connects very deeply with the old Celtic traditions and that that it's been kept alive even through English occupation and Roman occupation, it's like, Throughout history, this is the the deepest language connection I can get to an old Celtic language that they spoke there, what the Druids spoke. So for me, learning the language connects me back to that place, puts me back to where I can go back in time or I can go the distance and I can actually be present in Wales even while I live here in Utah. I am learning Welsh. And I said, I do enjoy learning Welsh and the Mabinagi, 
and I also want to see a cat, is what I said. I may not be able to actually communicate with Welsh people yet. They probably would look at me like I was speaking another language, but I'm trying, and it connects me to where I feel a deep sense of longing for, and that that means something to me. So let's get into spells. Let's talk spells. Spells are just stories, and stories are just spells. And this is what I tell my students, my clients, when I'm talking about magic, it's really interesting to think of it that way because when we tell a story, we're spinning a spell, we're spinning a web of imagination and visualization, and that is, that is a spell. Now, what I tell my students is if spells are stories, if stories are spells, we need to be really careful about the stories we write about ourselves. These are the deep-rooted subconscious beliefs that we have been carrying around within us since childhood, since before we were born. And they can become spells and they can become curses. And for example, if you are walking around today going, I am not a good artist. I have no artistic talent whatsoever. I hear this a lot as an artist and an art teacher. I hear this from other adults all the time. I am not an artist. How long have you been telling that story? And at some point in your childhood, you wrote that spell and it's like becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Usually it's around nine years old. Nine years old is the age of success and failure. You start to decide what is success and what is failure, and you make a lot of decisions about yourself at that point in time, about whether or not you are successful at something or can be successful. So if you are writing that curse since you were nine years old and saying, I'm not a good artist, I can't create anything, is it the truth? Would it have been the truth if you hadn't been saying that? And the truth is, this is what I tell everyone, there is only one thing you need to do to actually be an artist. One thing. And that's make art. Who's to say what is good art and what is bad art? There's been art historians since the beginning of time that have argued over what's good art and what's bad art. Is it good if someone's willing to pay for it? I don't know. That doesn't seem like it should be the measure of good art to me. All it actually takes to be an artist is to make art. So if your art is stick figures and you love making stick figures and that's your art of choice, then you're an artist. And I believe all of us are artists in the way that we create life, the way that we create our life. We're all just painting out what it is that we want to make our life become. So be very careful about what words are written in your body, in your mind, and have been played out over and over again. Being mindful of those is part of the work. In the healing process, when I do emotional healing with clients, we are actually rewriting memories with words. When I'm working with a client and they're working on age nine and we're going back to that age, what I'm having them do is rewrite there's a lot of, of process to it and moving out heavy energy and 
using our intention to move that out, but it's also about creating stories. What actually happened, what we feel happened, how it affected us, and how we'd like to rewrite it if we could go back in time and do it again, right? Neurologists say that the left brain is the part of our brain where we use logic, language, lists, linear time. And our left brain is the one who loves that all of those things I just said start with L. That's our left brain, right? We need our left brain for all of that. We need words. And we're going to talk more in the future episodes about combining the left and right brain together, integrating them to to work together. But as we engage with language, we're activating our left brain. We're labeling. That also starts with L. We're labeling what it is we want. We're labeling what it is we feel. We're asserting some kind of control and power over those things using the words. And I want to demonstrate just how powerful words can actually be. So I'd like you to try a little exercise with me. If you're able, I would like you to close your eyes. If you are driving in a car right now, please do not close your eyes, but just listen to the words that I'm speaking and notice how it is that your body reacts, how you feel when you hear them. I'm going to say some words But I want to say these words to a childhood part of yourself. So I want you to imagine yourself at a certain age. It can be any age that comes up. Don't think too hard about it. Just bring up any childhood part. And I want you to listen to the words I speak to you from that age. You are loved. You are doing the best you can. You are enough. Love is always with you. It doesn't matter what you do or where you go. You have love. You are worthy of love just for existing. And now I'd like you to put your hand on your heart and feel those words being spoken to your childhood self. Just take a moment to notice how that feels. If you got emotional or if you felt present with it, it might have been exactly what your childhood self needed to hear. If a part of you felt a little sticky about it, maybe prickly, maybe you felt like there was some voice deep inside that was saying, no, that's not true then notice that. Because healing does not mean fixing yourself. Healing means witnessing. And in that moment, you're witnessing how your child reacts to those words. Not your child, your child self. (laughs) Your child would love to hear those words too if you have a child. So maybe think about giving them that gift of those words. Now it's Important to understand that when we use language to access what we want, source energy, the source of all energy and creation of the universe, you can call that God, you can call it Mother Earth, you can call it whatever you want, but there is a source of all energy. We know that energy is vibrations. 
And when it vibrates faster and faster and faster, it gets closer and closer and closer to source energy. And love is very close to source energy. If you imagine that source energy is a person, that's fine. If it's just the source of all creation, you can access that by accessing that, what that feels like. Now, source does not understand when we give a negative in our language. So when we say, I do not want to fall on my face on the eye, the energy of that phrase is actually connecting with falling on the ice rather than not. So energy just understands frequency. So it's going to understand that as falling on the ice. If I say, I do not want to lose all my money. I do not want to lose all my money. All the universe is going to hear in partnership with creation with us is lose all my money. Right? So we have to be very careful about the language we use in prayer or in spells or in manifestation. Whatever you're doing using this magic, you need to be able to say, This is what I want. And this is the frequency I feel getting that, having that come to me. And I want to talk a little bit about the written word of language. So in Celtic tradition, in Celtic mythology, I've been studying the Mabinagi, which is the Welsh mythology. Unfortunately, Welsh mythology was written down in the Middle Ages after Christ in about 1100 AD. Uh, So any Welsh Welsh mythology that we maybe would have understood or Celtic mythology, it's all entangled in, in history. Because the Druids of ancient times, this is like Stonehenge times, they did not believe in writing anything down. Everything was an oral tradition. Their spiritual practice was that it didn't, it shouldn't be, it's so sacred it shouldn't be written down. So they only passed it on from master to student, from wisdom keeper to wisdom keeper. They didn't write it down. And so when they did finally write things down, it was like monks in a in a church and they wanted to preserve the culture. So they wrote those stories down from the best that they could understand. So the Mabinagi is actually about lords and ladies and kings and queens. But a lot of us who are looking to connect with that spirituality would deem them gods and goddesses. We just don't know for sure if that's the way that the ancient Celtic people believed. Um, Versus, in comparison to that, the Romans and the Greeks wrote everything down. They carved it into stone. We know everything about their gods and goddesses. We know what their stories were all about. We know their origin. We know what they were gods and goddesses of. And it's a little bit easier to translate that into today and and use that as we will. But this kind of helps us understand the importance of the written language and how writing it down in the form that we intend for it to be in can be really powerful and lasting. So I'm going to talk about how we can use the written word to manifest and to get connected with the magic. I'm going to talk about Julia Cameron's book, The Artist's Way. 
This is a book that is for artists and how we can unblock creativity. But I actually think it's a great book for anybody because we're all accessing creativity. We're all accessing creating the life that we want to create. And so I highly recommend the book. But in the book, she doesn't just encourage, she almost assigns, makes it mandatory that you do morning pages. And she talks about morning pages as a practice that when you first start, it may feel like a chore and you really don't want to do it. In fact, a friend of mine that went to the to the healing arts school with me, she, we had to do morning pages as part of an assignment. We had to log it in. And she hated them at first. She actually ranted and raved for a good 20 minutes about it. It was hilarious. She just said, I hate this. So I often say, start with one page. But in the book, she says, do three pages. And what you do is you get like a really cheap 69-cent notebook, spiral-bound notebook, college-ruled lined paper. And you have that next to your bed. And the idea is, as soon as you wake up in the morning, before you do anything else, before you even get out of bed, you grab that notebook and you start writing. You write for three full pages without stopping. And I usually start with one. I tell people to start with one and then work your way up to it just so that you can form the habit first. Once it becomes a habit, it's much easier to do. But you write continuous thought. So you never stop and think. You just write what you're thinking. And sometimes that means you're writing, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write, I don't know what to write, until you think of something else. But it's like opening the floodgates of creativity, moving your inner critic out of the way, and doing a little bit of an energetic thought dump on the paper. So all of those menial tasks that you're thinking about, all of the negativity you're thinking about, all of the just anything and everything that you're thinking about just gets dumped out on the page. And then you can move forward with your day with so much more clarity. And it lets you determine or judge whether the inner critic in your mind is actually true or not. You get to say, actually, I am a good artist. And I'm going to move forward with my day as if I am the best artist. It's not just a brain dump either. It also unblocks creativity. Some of my best creative ideas have come from morning pages. And I started doing it a couple years ago. I love doing morning pages now. I actually look forward to it, waking up in the morning and just sitting and writing for, for a few minutes. It usually only takes about 15 minutes. It's very, very quick. Just a little ritual that I start my day with. And the idea for my business, Prism Healing, came from Morning Pages. The idea to do a podcast and the, and the live video classes that I offer on my Instagram, all of those ideas came from Morning Pages. And I was like, gosh, I wonder what it would be like to do this. I want to try it. Another thing that you want to do, and this is something that I know almost all of you listening have heard of, but today I'm going to talk about the real, real nitty gritty importance and magic around doing this. And it's the gratitude journal. Now, this is the one that you actually might want to keep for posterity. The morning pages might have some pretty negative stuff in it. You might be like, I hate this person today. They're bugging me. There's going to be a lot of bleh spewed out on the paper when you do morning pages. So that's something that you get to toss in the garbage when you're done. But the gratitude journal is something I also keep next to my bed 
And there is a lot of research around the improving of mental health when you keep a gratitude journal. But I want you to do it right before bed. So this is before you fall asleep. And without focusing on any of the negativity of the day, you just get to write out, either list it out or just write in sentences, write out all of the amazing and beautiful and wonderful things that happen to you during the day. Write about your love for the people around you and why they are so great and why you just love them. Even if you've been fighting with them and you've been angry at them today, don't write about that. Write about why you love them. Write about why you love yourself. Write about all of the abundance and and beauty that is around you all day long. And there's a lot of neurological research that backs up why you would do this right before bed. Because what you're doing is you are carving neural pathways in your brain to think more positively when you go with gratitude. And you're getting all these good chemicals in your brain that are reinforcing those new neural pathways. So you're getting that oxytocin when you think about the love. You are getting serotonin when you think about just the comfort that you enjoy. You're getting dopamine when you talk about the excitement of what's to come and what you're, what you've had control over in that day. And all of those good chemicals are going into your brain and then you go to sleep right after that. What that's doing is it's reinforcing and rewriting and reaffirming all those thoughts. And it's storing them into your long-term memory while you sleep, while you go through your REM cycle. It's going to be far more beneficial to your brain to do it right before bed than it would be any other time of the day. So keep a gratitude journal. Another one I came across recently is Elizabeth Gilbert, who's the author of uh, Eat, Pray, Love. She was on a podcast and she was talking about her practice is letters to love. And I had my art students try this last week. It was amazing what they came up with. And what you do is you just write down, love, what is it that you would have me know today? And then you pretend that you are love speaking to you. And you say everything that comes to your mind and you write it down as if you're writing a letter from love to you. And all of the messages are a little bit different, but they all are so beautiful and sometimes unexpected. The things that come up might be exactly what you need to hear. Just like those words for your child self was exactly what they needed to hear. And it soothes the soul in such a way that you cannot get that feeling from anyone else in your life. Only you can give it to yourself. So see what comes up. What do the letters from love bring up for you. And then, of course, we have affirmations. Affirmations are statements of things that you want to be true and you pretend as if they are true. I am wealthy. I am beautiful. I am a loving creature. I. There are thousands of different affirmations and you can actually look those up too and find ones that are just right for you. Affirmations can be taped up around your bathroom mirror as you get ready in the morning. You speak those affirmations over and over again and you say them before bed and you say them when you wake up. 
But we're going to talk a little bit more about what to connect affirmations with as we talk about what the next step is when you have when you have the words, you also need the will. So the affirmations alone are not enough. But in expressing your desires to the universe, just being able to say, this is what I want to happen, remember in positive language, not in not language, like I just did, not saying not, <laughs> but saying what it is that you want, what you desire. And another thing that's really fun to do if you're the witchy type like me are those chanting and mantras. It's really great for your throat chakra if you can um, sing what you want or chant what you want. There's something called Awen, which is the spark of creation in the Druid come from. The, the Druids have Awen. And when you want to connect with Awen, which is to to bring forward that creative energy, make it happen in your life. I will just chant Awen when I'm meditating and I will elongate the vowels and I will try it in different tones. I am not a singer, so it doesn't necessarily sound beautiful unless I'm in the shower. Then it sounds wonderful. But I just sit and chant those sounds and noises and to me, they have intention and meaning, and that's what you want your chanting and your mantras to be. The OM, when you are um, meditating and you're using OM, make sure you look it up and understand it and know what it is so that you can have that in mind when you are chanting that and bringing that to you. Now, you may be able to express those desires to your spirit guides or your team of angels or whatever it is that you want to give it a name to. For anybody who is a spiritual type person, it does help to have speaking out to those that you are accessing from another world or from another dimension. If you are talking to your angels, you might want to say, angels, this is what I want. This is what I want to happen. And I am grateful and ready to receive. So there is a way to speak the words in the language that will bring it to you. I guess what I'm saying is there is a right way and a wrong way to do it. So be very careful about what your intentions are. All right. I hope that gives you a lot of fantastic, great information on what it is that you are wanting to create when you create these spells for yourself. And now it's time for a question from a listener. This is being recorded before my first episode comes out, so we don't have any actual listeners yet, but I am pulling from, from my clients and from friends and from social media things that have been asked of me before. So this is a question from a listener. She says, I recently had a string of bad luck and bad health, and I can't, keep, I can't seem to catch a break lately. I'm always broke. Is it my fault? This is a fascinating question when we talk about energy and when we talk about spell work. And the answer is a little bit complicated, but I'll try to be succinct when I say, is it your fault? A little bit yes and a little bit no. <laughs> and I'm going to explain. So when we say, is something your fault, when it seems to be circumstantial, the mindset that we create 
for ourselves, the frequencies of our thoughts and our feelings that we are projecting out into the universe. A lot of it is subconscious. A lot of it is just how we've always done life. And this is how we know to move forward. We don't know any different. So in that way, no, it's not your fault. You just are who you are and you're doing the best that you can. Also, there are circumstances in our environment and other people. We need to remember we have no control over those things. But we do have control over ourselves. We do have the ability to work within on our own thoughts and our own feelings and our own belief systems that make our lives into what we want. And we actually have a lot more power and control than we think we do when we talk about controlling ourselves. We cannot exert that control on other people because they have autonomy. So that is not something that we can project to them. However, when we raise our whole frequency, when we are doing the inner work on ourselves and focusing on that, it's amazing the effect that it has, the ripple effect that it has on everybody around us. Everybody was in a really low vibe place when I started my healing journey. Everyone in my household was in a really bad place. And I wanted so much to control that. I wanted everybody else to be happy. But then I started working on me and focusing on myself and staying in my lane. And over the years, I got to see the effect that it had on everyone around me. I watched everybody else raise their frequencies because they like being around that. They like what that feels like and they want to do that also. And it's incredible. It's a power you don't even know you have. I hope that answers that question just a little bit. And if I didn't answer that question to your satisfaction, please write in to me and ask more detailed questions that I can answer on future episodes. So next week, we are going to be deep diving into the will of creating spells. So this is training your body and brain to believe it. Um, some resources on today's episode I want to point out. If you're looking for more information on this, I want you to look at the book, The Isaiah Effect, Decoding the Lost Science of Prayer and Prophecy by Greg Braden. This is an excellent book that talks a lot about the right way to pray so that you actually get what you want. And we talked a little bit about that today. So another one is that's great is spells and pagan uh, practices for kids. There's a book called Circle Round that I recently purchased for uh, my family because I wanted to incorporate a lot of the myths, folklore, practices, connecting with land, connecting with the trees and with nature and what that all looks like when you're raising children as a practice. So I bought that book for my family. And so that's one that's a great resource if you're looking for something like that. And then also I mentioned Elizabeth Gilbert, who is an author, and you can look her up. And she has lots of fascinating materials in her books as well. So I want you to look into finding me on social media. Follow me on Instagram. That's at prism underscore healing. On my Instagram, I post a lot of information. So more of this. If you are like, wow, this is really hitting me. I want more. I have already been posting things on that social media account for a couple of years. There's a lot of great resources and information there. 
books that I read. I do a lot of live videos and there's they're like classes that you can attend, but I have them posted there on my feed. So look those up. I do a lot there. And just following me will give you the information you need to find out what I'm doing and what I'm up to. I am also on Facebook. I am Courtney Pearl. And I also have a page. Mrs. Earl's Art and Storytime is my page for the kids. This is showing what I do with my art lessons and the things that I do with kids. And and I post a lot of what I do there as well. And then you can always find me on my website. I have a blog and I have a list of all of my services that I offer. If any of those services that we discussed today when creating these belief systems that work for you. I am a Reiki practitioner and an emotional processor, and I have a plethora of services that I offer, and you can look for that on my website, prism-healing.com. And on these platforms, I would love for you to send me a question that will be featured on our future episodes in the question from a listener portion of the show. So please write in your questions. What is it that you're looking to know? more about. It can be about paganism. It can be magic. It can be healing. It can be about problems and things that you're having in your own life and you'd like to hear my perspective. I would be happy to give that. And I would like to thank Ride the Wave Media, this podcasting network that I'm a part of and so lucky to be a part of. Blaine and Bex on Radio Daybreak and Sarah at Daybreak Treasures Boutique for featuring me as an artist and sponsoring my events and workshops. Thank you for joining me today, and I hope you go and make some magic out there, you witches and wizards. I will see you next week. Mm-hmm.